this is Dr. Tio Wan Lin. Welcome to my podcast, Dermatologist Talks: Science of Beauty. Hollywood movies have carried captured the hearts and intents of personalities with faces designed to elicit an emotional response from the viewer. An individual's facial expression tells us much about what they are thinking, and we pride ourselves on reading characters. Perhaps also with these stereotypes imprinted in our minds by filmmakers as we were growing up, an inherent flaw in such a concept outside of real life is that personalities are never black and white, and motivations for behaviors can fluctuate within an individual's lifetime depending on social context. However, the predominance. Of an emotion driven by habitual thought processes throughout one's lifetime, likely past the formative years into adulthood, may start imprinting physical residue via static rites developed as part of photo aging. This podcast episode will focus on an area of my research, specifically the brain-skin connection. And the question we are going to answer is: Can our emotions, via chronic facial expressions, leave a permanent residue on our faces? It's interesting to consider this topic. For example, I always wondered: Does evil really have a face? Because our cultural perceptions of evil are inadvertently influenced by religious symbols,、um, for example, evil itself and this diabolical energy、um, appears to be a force that supposedly can change our faces, as per the depictions in fairy tale characters. Wicked witches and cruel stepmothers, for example, we can certainly conjure up an image in our minds readily when we talk about such characters. It is fascinating that in our pursuit of beauty、uh, in this age, that we have more information now than ever to link the signs. Behind how the human face ages, and if psychology can play an important role in this, the little psychological research that has been performed actually shows a clear intersection of the brain and the skin in the aging process. In my paper on thoughts, emotions, and facial expressions in aging,、uh, published in the International Journal of Dermatology in February 2021,、uh, I hypothesized that based on psychological research, individuals are actually attracted to kindness and altruism, which is perceived via certain facial expressions. Um, and this can, over time, leave a residue on the aging face.、Um, the very powerful connection between our emotions and our muscles of facial expression、um, are key、uh, in terms of understanding this brain-skin connection. So, 
A neutral face is best understood as one that is devoid of expression. Um, and as one ages, the interesting phenomenon is that muscles, which are used most often, start to become static wrinkles. These are static lines, which means that uh, when the individual is not actively expressing an emotion. The lines can still be visible on the individual's face. The difference between static and dynamic wrinkles is this: while a child or a young adult can have wrinkles in the same way an older adult does, the dynamic wrinkles are visible only when the specific facial expression is observed. In an older adult, however, these dynamic lines actually become fixed. Those are actually what we refer to as static wrinkles. Well, in terms of what we are targeting in the treatment of photo aging, they are precisely these static wrinkles. In terms of reducing frown lines, periorbital wrinkles, nasolabial folds. With toxin injections, lasers, and even surgical or non-surgical facelifts, these can be viewed as temporizing measures that anatomically correct some of the causes of these lines. But in the world of medicine, as far as possible, we try to get to the root cause of problems. Now, with The development of static right tits, we understand it is primarily due to a reduction in the collagen in the second layer of skin, the dermis, as well as loss of subcutaneous fat. Now there can be some changes in the efficiency of cell talk mechanisms that occur in the epidermis and the dermis that leads to an. Overall inability to fight oxidative stress, and these can contribute to the formation of wrinkles as well. The key here, though, is that in the light of research that clearly demonstrates individuals who've had Botox actually had a similar、uh, correlation in terms of elevation in their moods,、um, that the converse would actually、uh, be a Probable phenomenon that an improvement in your mood can lead to less negative facial expressions, and we know that,、uh, according to psychologists, when other people evaluate individuals、uh, based on the physical features of attractiveness, they are also subconsciously evaluating you on other features such as altruism and kindness. Which they can infer from certain visual cues. So that is referenced in psychological research.、Uh, for example, in the assessment of smiles, genuine Duchenne smiles versus fake smiles,、uh, it involves very subtle movements around the eye and the mouth area, which. The laypersons were nevertheless able to perceive and pick up. Interestingly, in another article published in JAMA Dermatology in 2017,、uh, 
Ah,、uh, there was a review of what the authors termed as the dermatologic features of classic movie villains. So the outcome of the review was that a disproportionate frequency was found、um, amongst the top ten American film villains of certain dermatologic findings when compared with their counterparts of the film heroes, the top ten film heroes. So these included features such as. Periorbital hyperpigmentation,、um, in layperson's terms, darkness around the eye area, deep wrinkles, scars in the face, warty lesions, also known as verruca, and also a form of rosacea known as rhinopyma, which is considered disfiguring. So it was hypothesized by the authors that these dermatologic conditions used in the film industry to illustrate the distinct dichotomy between good and evil via visual representation was very concerning, because it tended to、uh, exacerbate existing prejudices and biases about dermatologic conditions. The conclusion was that these depictions actually does foster tendencies towards prejudice, and our society is already、uh, suffering from a lot of the harmful effects of these prejudices. The fascinating point、uh, was also the use of skin color,、um, which was employed. As a tool, rather consistently to demonstrate evil, fair skin in film、uh, has been described and termed as the evil albino trope,、uh, which is a convenient reference to European folklore,、uh, which was rich with these、uh, very pale zombie-like creatures. Um, which may have influenced these stereotypes. The evil albino stereotype is very relevant in dermatology because it may actually foster, especially in Caucasian populations, the idea that you need to be tanned in order to look attractive or healthy. The same with facial scars and deep wrinkles.、Um, we all remember the old woman, the hag. The evil stepmother, the cruel witch, that is portrayed in film as having all these facial features、uh, that imprint in our minds that these facial features are, are related to an evil personality. It's very easily identified in our own childhood memories. For example, of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the Queen,、uh, who typically embodies the old hag villain stereotype. And she clearly had advanced photo aging with periorbital swelling, hyperpigmentation, deep wrinkles, and interestingly, a permanent scar on her face. So the conclusion of this study was that these features are statistically significant 
in terms of its prevalence in these um, Hollywood movie villains, the depiction of which warrants societal concern, because it may further bias the minds or the mentalities of um, many individuals towards those who have dermatologic disease. Now, just an interesting thought. Um, in Beauty and the Beast, uh, we actually, as the viewers, uh, found ourselves changing our attitude towards the uh, beast even before his appearance was transformed back to that of a prince. So it's fascinating because even in a cartoon, or at least in part of the storytelling, there were certain influences that enabled us to perceive a certain sort of beauty, which is beyond the physical morphology of um, the person. And in this case, probably had to do with the expression of uh, the bees after his heart was changed by Bell. So an individual's facial expression can tell us a lot about what they are thinking. But can our emotions via chronic facial expressions actually leave a permanent residue on our faces? So there is another interesting study that I want to point out, which uh, was performed in Harbin in China and published in the journal Neuroplasticity in the year 2020. And it's very relevant because it touches on the link between mental health and facial expressions, specifically depression and facial expressions. Um, depression may be thought of as a persistently depressed mood um, a state probably fueled by uh, certain recurring thoughts in um, neurocircuitry that also involves uh, endocrine factors such as depressed levels of happy hormones. Um, facial expressions, though, aren't just a tool for communicating how we feel. But according to this study, it's also vital in terms of its psychosocial impact, in terms of how it affects um, the way people feel about us. And this is key because it can play a role in terms of determining our very own attractiveness to other people. The point here is that science is telling us that the ability to induce these positive emotions is a form of physical attractiveness and not just this rhetoric um, being happy is beautiful, which is overly emotional and these days has some form of a new age spiritual connotation. The researchers explored face classification processing mechanisms uh, in depressed patients. Essentially, the researchers wanted to find out if depressed individuals were able to process positive facial expressions of other individuals in the same way as non-depressed subjects. This is very relatable because we all know that our mood can be mirrored by individuals that we interact with, with whom we are interacting with. So if we were to consider the key diagnostic features of psychopathology, for example, in depression, we realize that one of the key criteria is a feature called empathy. 
which means that they have not a lot of interest in things which are going on around them, and definitely not in other people. And um, there is another term we use, uh, which is known as anhedonia, which uh, relates to the inability to have pleasure in activities which previously would have been regarded as pleasurable or interesting, either by themselves or a non-depressed person. Apathy essentially is a state where individuals are not able to mirror appropriate emotions uh, involved in social interactions. And this is particularly concerning because it also means that um, depressed individuals may be less able to rely on this sort of positive interaction to get themselves out of depression. I find this very relevant to our discussion today because on the topic of facial expressions, um, I would say literally processing a happy face uh, could actually transmit a positive emotion to our own psyche. And I think that in our experiences, when we see a smile on another person's face, um, or we view uh, genuine happiness or joy in someone else that we're interacting with, our mood is elevated and it makes us feel better. Inherent in this study is the assumption that um, our facial expressions are intricately and undeniably linked to our mood. And we know that uh, our mood also affects facial expressions as well. So in terms of formation of wrinkles, I think it is very short-sighted to overlook the role that your expression plays in terms of de determining the face that you have when you age. I think there is a correlation within our human psyche um, in terms of of an understanding of the face of evil and also that this face doesn't develop overnight. Um, scientifically speaking, we can understand it to be the chronic practice of an evil expression, for example, um, that results in these static wrinkles on the face uh, that determine the expression on an aged face. And Evil expression, interestingly, can also be seen in a smiling face. We remember the queen in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs having a smile on her face as well in many of the scenes. She, in the cartoon, uh, is depicted as being somewhat beautiful, but having a certain look in her eyes or maybe the way her lips were pursed that conveys this sense of cruelty, evil, that had nothing to do with her having wrinkles or even distorted features. And I believe that that has to do with our ability to pick up on innate beliefs uh, that we can identify if an individual inherently has altruistic tendencies or evil tendencies, um, what we call as intuition. Um, psychiatrists and psychologists have actually performed research on this, and they have delineated the science behind this as well. What we refer to as genuine Duchenne smiles involve the micro-expressions of muscles around our eyes and our mouth 
These differ from frozen, fake, or fixed smiles, which perhaps is what is observed in、um, the Evil Queen, and perhaps because we are imbued with this capacity as emotionally healthy individuals、uh, to identify this. The converse hypothesis also means that if we were to focus on developing genuine emotions, genuine intentions of goodness and kindness, this may also be picked up in the facial cues、uh, that will be observed by external persons as well. In conclusion,、um, I'd like to highlight. That the multi-dimensional appeal of modern anti-fairy tale characters, for example, Maleficent, is also worth researching. Perhaps this reflects a change in our societal perceptions,、uh, and also maybe it lends an extra dimension to the age-old adage that appearances can be deceiving. But don't we also know about Silas Marner, the Scrooge, whose heart of stone was redeemed by the love and innocence of a little child, and in reading the story, our hearts towards him was equally changed at the end. The true gift of humanity, with all the pervasive evil observed, could actually be in our ability to respond to redemption and repentance, and that, in fact. May be the most moving form of beauty we witness in our souls—a transformation from evil to good that also leaves a mark on the aging face. In the Book of Proverbs, the wise man Solomon writes, "As water reflects the face, so the heart reflects the true man." This ancient proverb rings truer than ever as we dive deeper. Into the realm of the brain-skin connection as a tool to achieve greater beauty as we age. Oh, that's it for today's podcast episode. I hope this inspires you to have good thoughts、uh, and genuine intentions for the rest of the week, at least. Do remember to follow me on my Instagram at Dr. Tio Wan Lin. And also check out our podcast website, www.scienceofbeauty.net, to stay updated on our latest releases. <music> <music>